2: at LuckyLandSlots.com.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? <sighs> Ooh, a book club. <sighs> Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Is Gascoigne gonna have a crack? Yes, you know. Oh,
1: I think. Brilliant. That is schoolboy's own stuff. And still, Ricky Villa. What a fantastic run! He scores.
2: in, Woodgate. It's in for Tottenham! They've come from behind, and Spurs leave Chelsea! Eriksson's in here. Oh, brilliant finish. Christian Eriksen
1: Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. You can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram On this last word on Spurs, we'll be looking back on the Champions League draw, which has seen us get a real glamour tyre over two legs against Juventus, we'll be taking a host of questions for a very much star-studded panel, we'll be reviewing the massive five-star performance against Stoke at the weekend, whilst also looking ahead to Brighton on Wednesday night in the Premier League. So, let's introduce the guests for this evening. I am pleased to say, first up, making his return to the show, we've got Steve from the Hot Spurs podcast. Steve, how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm fine, thank you.
1: Good, good, and great to have you back, Steve. And joining Steve tonight, we've got two debutants joining the show. We've got Jack from Hotspur Lane. Jack, how are you? I'm great, mate.
3: Happy to be here. Excited. Looking forward to it.
1: Lovely, and we're excited to have you, Jack. And also joining Jack tonight as a debutant, we've got George Sessions, Tottenham Hotspur correspondent for the Hampstead and Highgate Express. George, how are you?
0: Yeah, I'm great, thanks, mate. I'm uh, really excited to be on.
1: Uh, We're excited to have you as well, George. It should hopefully be a very good hour speaking all Spurs on the back of a win in the Premier League, which is quite nice. So let's talk about the news that we've had today, which is tomorrow for you guys listening to the show. Um, And that's that Spurs have been drawn against Juventus in the Champions League. Steve, let's come over to you first. A real glamour tie, this one. Um, Hopefully Wembley will be rocking for the second leg. And I think, Steve, it's the perfect draw for us. What's your thoughts on
2: the draw? Well, I heard the show uh, last uh, was it was it on Friday, yeah, Thursday, right. yep. with Jason and the lads. You were talking about who you wanted Juventus mm. by Munich, and I couldn't disagree more. Really, I okay. wanted Shakhtar to to the next.
1: <laughs> you want to go? The, you want to try and go the easy way, then Steve.
2: Yeah, I want to get through to the next round. So, I, now I, I, I'm I'm happy, obviously, that we're we're through. We played Juventus. It's going to be exciting and everything. The best thing about it, I suppose, is that we we're there first. So we've got the the. the Second leg at home because you know there's nothing worse really than going to that the first game mm. and then you've got to play the second one. You know it's, it's it's only half time if you like. So it's great having the second game at White Hart Lane. Oh, sorry, at Wembley of course. But um, now I want to, I want to get through. So I was a little bit. ugh okay. Well, we we we'll see how we get on.
1: It's interesting you say that. I mean, George, want to bring it round to you? I mean, I, I've really got no idea why anyone wouldn't fancy this kind of draw because you see the way Spurs have played against Madrid, the Dortmunds. I think we work better. As the underdog, George, what do you think about the draw?
0: Yeah, I completely agree, mate. You only have to look at last season, really, don't you, in the Champions League. We got that group. Everyone thought, oh, you know, happy days. We're going to get through <laughs> that finish top. And and we fluffed it. And I just think it's, you know, it's, I, f- I feel like it's a little bit of a, a win-win, really. Because even if we do go out, as long as it's not embarrassing, mm. if we go out by a fine margin, you can still say, well, you know, last year they were runners-up. They're probably going to win Serie A again, maybe. They've won it the last six years in a row, whatever it is. So... You Know it, it's not as if we're going to go out to a crap team, and to be honest, I do. I really fancy us. You know, I know it was only a friendly in the summer, but Juventus didn't look up to much then. And you know, then I think they're third in the league at the moment, so that you know, normally at this stage, they're top and kind of got a little bit of a gap above everyone else. So, I think, um, you know, I do. I, I really fancy us to actually do well and, and get through,
1: yeah. I mean, bringing you in Jack. Listen, look, as we've seen this season, Spurs have achieved their best results against the highly ranked European teams in Madrid and Dortmund. Just how key, Jack, do you yeah. think having that second leg at Wembley could be for Spurs?
3: It's, it's definitely an advantage, and that's what you get for finishing top of the group. Mm. People say, oh, look what we've got. We've got Juventus for finishing top, but the advantage is the second leg's at home, and if you can get a good result away, you're always in with a chance at home. But when I first looked at the draw, it, before the draw, Juventus with a team that I really didn't want. I wasn't bothered about playing a Bayern or a, right. you know, because you've got to play them at some point. I just yeah. think, I don't think we match up well for them. I think if you look at our best results at season, there against teams that come out and play, like Liverpool and Dortmund and Madrid. I just think, I think Juve are quite wrong for us. I think they can defend, they're aware at counter-attack and they're Italian, they can They can grind out a result home or away, so I I don't know. Maybe it's the pessimist in me, but I, I think this draw's quite wrong for us.
1: Steve, you also kind of seem to intimate that you feel the draw isn't the greatest. I mean, Pochettino has labelled it a dream draw. What is the most concern for you, Steve? Is it Juventus as a whole, or would you have just preferred an easier side to navigate our way through?
2: An easier side, Ricky. It's really simple. Juventus <laughs> are a very good team. Uh, could have been anyone, you know, from Spain. And in fact, probably the most dangerous sides, as I said a couple of weeks ago, are the, are the English sides. Actually, who, of course, we couldn't play. Mm. Just to clarify, there was it. Were we always going to play the second leg at home because we won the group?
1: Yeah,
2: that's correct. All right, okay. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, let's let's flip it to the other side. I can always have an argument with myself. Um, you know, <laughs> that, if we were playing Shakhtar the next... You know, they, they'd probably think, um, you know, we have probably got one of the easier easier ties there, and um, you know, might be going for it. I mean, Juventus might look at it and go, well, we we've actually got one of the one of the better teams there that, that, to play. You know, we've got a good chance, and they might be a little bit, you know. Uh, lackadaisical or whatever and not take us so seriously and that's probably our best chance I mean uh, we beat them already haven't we this season Yeah, if at, uh, the old, uh, pretty, but um, yep. you know they might look at it and go they might have been rubbing their hands together going um you know well you know they don't want whoever uh you know one of the biggest bigger sides that they could have got Munich, uh, who else whatever barcelona and they've, they might look at us and gone um yeah, we'll have that, and uh, and might be a little bit, little bit and uh, we might be able to take advantage. So, uh, I'm looking, thoroughly looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it is gonna be. I think it is gonna be a, an absolute cracking tie of two legs. I mean, George, I want to bring it back into you. So, potentially, we might have had a Vira and Wanyama back, and you know, a fully fit Eric Lamella if we can register him in time. How key do you think it will be to take our full squad into those two legs?
2: Plus Barkley, Ricky. Do you think <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: oh no Steve, I mean there's been rumours tonight, tomorrow for you guys at Everton, you know, maybe open talks with, with um gonna be opening talks with Chelsea on him, so I'd be interested to see if that does does materialise. I mean I, I've always been a big fan of him, Steve. I mean George, do you think with this kind of game do we need to maybe have a look at the squad and maybe add to it?
0: I'd certainly like Barkley. I, I really wanted us to get him in the uh, in the summer. To be fair, before well before he got his injury, but I think um, I think the squad, if we did have Wanyama back and Lamela um, and Lamella up, up to full speed, it's probably good enough as it is. I'd say to get through. But if you if you got an extra option of Barkley on the bench, you, know, you look at him and you'd say he's better than Sissoko and, and Kudu. So in terms of as a squad player, he he could come on and make more of a difference than one of them. So I think he'd. Uh, you know, I'd definitely welcome him. Welcome signing him. And I think I was you know, reading somewhere the other week, Posh was saying about he wants to bring players in during January because then it gives him six months to kind of get ready and yeah. get guys to him. Mm. And then for the pre-season, it's a lot more smoother. So I think i, I will definitely welcome them, them bringing Barkley in and you know it'd be kind of made for a new signing, wouldn't it, to come on and, and do something against Juventus and, and try and stamp his authority at Spurs in, in that sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, the good thing, Steve, you mentioned with the Barkley signings, I don't think Barkley would be in any way kind of, you know, you could register him for this competition. He's obviously not going to be featuring for Everton in the Europa's things stand at the moment, so it could well be a very good signing for Spurs. We'll have to see how January pans out. I mean, bringing you in from your perspective Jack you know Juventus have actually been eliminated in their last five knockout ties against English opposition um, in this kind of period the last knockout tie so again it gives us a real opportunity here to be the next side now because Juventus for whatever reason as much as you're pessimistic Jack they seem to falter at this stage (laughs) Mm.
3: they are last year's finalists though aren't they? (laughs) They Well
1: that's true yeah yeah Mm. it's going to be tough it is going to be tough but what about the fixtures in the relation to that build-up, Jack. We've got um, Spurs with Man United on the 31st of Jan. We've got 3rd of Feb, Liverpool at home. And then we've got 10th of mm. Feb. You know, we've got Arsenal, the big one, the North London Liverpool, derby. The... Must
2: be Liverpool away there, right?
1: Uh, yeah, we are Liverpool away, Yep. Yeah. So Spurs are away to Liverpool, just to confirm. And then finally, you know, the Juventus tie it you know, away. So that's a massive month there, isn't it? A real kind of, you know, blockbuster of a month for us to handle, Jack, with the current squad. Do you think we'll be able to handle it?
3: Uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's, it's about the size of the squad and that is a big criticism that we get from every angle at media that our squad's just not up there with the best teams and I think that month that period right there is going to sh- be the showing of it whether we can handle it or not because that is some big, big games and yeah. we need we definitely need some somebody just a body in January because it needs to be Ross Barkley, we need someone homegrown yeah, players. I agree with okay,
0: that.
1: 100%. 100%. Mm. We're going to have to get someone in, lads. I mean, that's the. I mean, you look at the squad; it is a bit at the moment. You'd say we're getting away with it to some degree. But, I mean, like you said, yeah. Steve, I think we are going to need someone in. Can I ask you, Steve, Jason, obviously a regular on the show, wants me to pose this question. Uh, Steve, and, Steve, I think you are you are the one of the best places to answer this. So, Jason says, the Champions League dates bring us possibly a very big week for the club with the likes of, you know, the Arsenal, the Juventus and the FA Cup fifth round draw. That's assuming we get past Wimbledon. Um, with that period, how do we treat that in terms of the squad do we rotate because you know what what takes priority here Steve you've got it in the middle of a North London derby Um, you know Champions League what what does Poch do in terms of the squad for these games do you think Steve
2: yeah, you have to play your full strength side against Arsenal. You saw at the weekend Liverpool uh, resting players against Everton because they thought you know the game would be won and they should have won that. But they he rested players and he is made to look a fool. You can't rest players against uh, Arsenal. Um, you you can't rest players in the Champions League. You know you just can't do it. Um, so you, you you're asking your players to play two two games in a week there, which. I'm, I'm sure they'll be well up for. But what about, um, Steve?
1: Yeah. What about the FA Cup? What do we do about that? Because everybody's it, clamoring, everyone everyone's clamouring saying Spurs need to win something. The FA Cup is probably, let's be honest now, it's the most winnable competition for us. What do we do with that? Yeah. Because in the past we've seen, we rotated against West Ham, didn't work out. We rotated the year before at White Hart Lane against Wickham and we scraped past them. So what do we yeah. do, Steve, do you think, on that in that period?
2: It, it depends who we play, um, but so for example, if it's a if it's a Premier League side, which it, you know very might be, likely will be, we've just got to go with our for, with our strongest side, and um, you know, let injuries take their course because there's no way that you we can we can't not play our our best players. Um, if you know if we get lucky. And we play a, a championship side or whatever, then you know we, you can start to rotate, you know. And but if we're playing a top side, you, you can't lose. You you can't you can't go out like we did against West Ham and just you know that was almost that was almost a blatant. Actually, we don't really want to be in this anymore. You know, there's it, it, three goals. You know, and it was embarrassing. And I'm still I I, I live if you like in West Ham country down in Essex, yeah. and I'm still getting it in the neck every time I meet a West Ham fan. It's not it's not. Pleasant, um, you know. So it's 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 a case of we'll see we'll see when it comes. But let me pose a question to you in terms of FA Cup and and this top four thing. Um, you know, for years it was we we had to go at Arsenal for not winning anything and, and finishing top four. Um, but actually, it's it's even more so now, isn't it? It's, yeah. It, it, if you like, it's it, it's so important because you just know that it, when it comes down to players, if we win the FA Cup, right? And, and finish fifth, and Arsenal um, don't win anything but finish fourth. Mm. A player that plays, for example, Bruce Dortmund or or whoever, where is he going to go in the summer? Is he going to go to Tottenham because oh look, Tottenham have won the FA Cup and they're in but uh, they're in Europa, or is he going to go? Well, I'm going to go to Arsenal because they're in the Champions League. So it's a real, it, it's a hard question, but at the end of the day, let's 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 say it's down to us and Arsenal in, in both competitions. Do you, what what's the best thing to do for our football club in in terms of the future? Yeah, your memories are going to be to win the FA Cup, course, yeah. which is fantastic. But it all falls apart in the summer, doesn't it? Because Ali wants to go, Kane will want to go. however much he loves Tottenham, you know, an offer comes in from a Champions League club or whatever, it'll go. Well, actually, you know, I, I can't I can't sit around being brilliant for Tottenham all my life. I've actually got to go and win stuff.
1: Yeah, it, it's, so, it's a really hard one, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's such a hard you know, one. It, at the moment, I'm
2: leaning towards top four.
1: OK, I think I think the problem with Spurs at the moment is that the way the stadium is constructed. And George, you know, as a journalist covering Spurs, you may know a lot more about this than what I do. I think the top four is completely essential for Spurs to get that this season because of the way the budget is for the stadium. I think that is, obviously, we see that in terms of Pochettino's treatment of the Cups in his reign that, you know, um, the Premier League, so its teams have always been more of a, you know, it's always been more of a first level, which you would expect. It is the bread and butter. But George, what would you do in terms of juggling that? I mean, Matt Jarvis asked the question: Spurs juggling Champions League progress and Premier League top four this season. What do you see as a priority for this team and Pochettino?
0: Yeah, I think with especially this year being at Wembley before the start of the season, I was always thinking, you know, just getting the top four. I know everyone was sort of talking about maybe challenging for the title again after the last two years, but it was all about top four because I just think. In the new stadium, you don't want to be welcoming teams in the Europa League on a Thursday night. You want to have the big, the big Champions League night, like like we've had this season. You know, Real Madrid, Borussia Dortmund. You know, in the new stadium, you'll get it'll be a, it'll be a full ass. You know, you might get a full ass in the Europa League because of the novelty effect, but it's still the atmosphere is nowhere going to be the same. And as you rightly mentioned, the budget. Yeah, you know, I think I, we've already made, you know, loads of money this season. I think we've already made more money from the Champions League this season than we did in the Europa League Really, and well, the Champions well, League put nice together team. last season. So mm-hmm. I think it just makes a massive difference. You know, you earn so much more money by being in the Champions League and by winning games in the Champions League compared to the Europa League. So top four has got to be the priority. But, you know, you mentioned that week, you know, Arsenal and then then Juventus and then the FA Cup fourth yeah. full, um, full round. I think, it, for me, you've got to play your best team at Arsenal, you know, because if you lose that game and you rested oh, yeah. anyone, you have no momentum for the Juventus game. So I think can
2: you imagine, can you imagine losing that at Wembley as oh, well? Don't,
0: no, don't. Terrible. Mm. But, um I think if you if you play your best team against Arsenal and you pray to God that you win and I think obviously at home you've got to back yourself, then you go into that Juventus game with momentum and even if you did make one or two you know, maybe three changes and you know, you bring in for example a Lamella instead of an Ericsson and you know, maybe yeah, if you're playing four at the back, you're bringing Sanchez for Vertonghen or, or Alderweireld. And you can kind of get away with rotating it slightly and you can probably rotate the fullbacks. And then if you've got a difficult FA Cup game, then you can play full squad again. But you'd hope that by winning the Arsenal game, and that's the key one for me that, that week. If, if you win that, then the momentum could hopefully carry you through the other two.
1: So what do you do then, George, to sum your comment up on that? What do you do in terms of the FA Cup? Do you treat that? as serious then as the Arsenal and the, and the Champions League game or do you have to rotate the squad and hope you just get away with it in terms of whoever that draw might be because it may very well be a Premier League club you know we've had Arsenal as well in the in the FA Cup before so is it just ultimately down to the opposition in terms of that Cup if we beat Wimbledon?
0: Yeah unfortunately I've I've always been a big advocate of, of Pochettino actually going for the Cup it's always frustrated me when he hasn't um, yeah. I completely agree with Steve about the West Ham game that I was cursing after that but um, I think unfortunately yeah you you do have to prioritise the first two games in that week for me and I'd be looking for them to rotate more for the FA Cup game so you'd, you'd prioritise Premier League and Champions League.
1: Fair enough. Let's get Jack's thoughts on this before we move on to the game at the weekend. Jack, what would you do if you're Pochettino? Do you go for it and put you know your best team out in all of these games or do you have to be a bit more methodical and look a, look for a way to kind of rotate the squad and tweak where necessary for these big games in that month? I do think
3: that you have got to, you've got to look at it Pochettino will know his players better than us, and obviously you, they can't all play every game. And it comes down to prioritising what you want. And I just think for the club as a whole, what Steve said, I just think being in the Champions League—if it comes to end the season and we're in that—then players are going to want to come to Tottenham. If we've won the FA Cup, it's not—it's not enticing, is it? It's,
2: as much as you it, want, which is it. a shame. It's a real yeah, shame, it's isn't it's it? Insane. But that's the case. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: Jack
1: do you think I mean do you think it's come to a point where Spurs do have to win something though because I mean my argument is that look Champions League is absolutely essential for Spurs in terms of the budget and you know to be recognised as still one of the big clubs in this country but do you think it's coming to a point now Jack where Spurs have to win something to kind of get over the line of this mentality issue where you know we're always labelled like bottlers and you know not ever kind of you know being able to handle pressure would winning that FA Cup if we were to do it signify that no this Spurs team can get over the line in something and that would then build a trend for the future
3: um, I think so to a certain extent but I I don't think it really matters that much I, it's it's down to the players and how they perceive all the attention I just I don't think that that in I don't think that like, interested I think a trophy will come eventually right it's just I don't think it's that important but if it's going to lead to discontent and players wanting to move because they're not winning trophies then I think that's that's the only reason. I don't think they really care about what people say because we've been performing at an exceptionally high level over the last two seasons. Very unlucky not to win anything, let alone the Premier League. I mean, I don't think it is that important, but it would be nice.
0: See, for me, to be fair, I think that first trophy is the key because I think once they get that taste of silverware and they realise actually what it feels like to be lifting a trophy and to have that winner's medal around your neck, and to see what it means to mm. the fans, because it will be crazy. You know, we will think oh, a, yeah, a, yeah. a great 2008 was beating Chelsea in the League Cup, and that's only the League Cup. We all say, but <laughs> yeah. that was such a good day. Mm. I think when the players, if the players can experience that one time, and that's you know regardless of whether it's the FA Cup or, or whatever, I think that would then give them the kick. And I think mentally as well, they'd know, they'd think, well, we've just come through yeah. x amount of games to win. We know in the when it comes to the make or break moments, we have got it in us to do it. So when it comes to the Premier League make or break moments or the Champions League make or break moments, we know we've got it in us to do it. And I think, for me, that first trophy is is massive. And I think if you look at a few other clubs, you know, you look at what Mourinho did last season. He won the yeah. the League Cup, and then they went on and got the Europa League. And he's done that at Chelsea as well before. So I, I would like us, you know, next season to at least really go for the um, the League Cup. But with this season in mind, it's it's so tricky, isn't it, with the top four and, and the FA Cup, but. I do think, in in general, that first that first bit of silverware for this team will be the one that kicks them on to the next level.
1: Yeah, i got to agree with you, George. I really do. I think you're absolutely bang on there. But I tell you what, let's, enough about Champions League for the moment. It takes a backseat. Let's review the Premier League or well, the win over Stoke on Saturday. Let's bring it round to you then, Steve. So, key players going back into form at a really crucial time now for Spurs, Steve. You know, Lomelo's return to this team could not have been timed better. It seems to have given. Ericsson and Ali, the kick up the backside they need. How did you see Saturday's performance, Steve?
2: Well, I, th- I, th- I thought the first half was was as we had been very slow, um, not much happening. Um, you know, the, the the crowd was a bit dead. But as I've said before, you know, I think that we need, uh, you know, to play well. I think it's on 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 the on the players as well, um, to play quickly. And just the difference between the first half and the second half um, was was massive. Um. Just look at a player like Harry Winks, who you know, after the game, we were coming back saying, "What a what a terrific performance by by him." Um, however, in the first half, I had said after about twenty minutes, um, "Just look at the way he gets the ball and passes it backwards constantly." You know, this this is a guy that I look at and you know, such a great little footballer. Um, but I want him to go and watch um, Frank Lampard DVDs. And just see what he did for his career. Now, not a great football player, but what a great career he had just by sheer effort and getting himself in the box and, and being positive and going forward. And Harry Rinks is a 10 times better football player than, than Frank Lampard was, in my opinion. Right. So he can be even better. Just get get the ball. You know, you don't have to pass it forwards all the time but he seems to get the ball and just think right I'm just going to lay it off lay it off in the second half however, he took the ball by the horns and, and, and passed that ball forward and was a lot more creative um, so you know play, but everyone did that um, Deli Alley was passing it forward a lot more and, and, and Christian Eriksen looked more up for it and it was just that slick, quick passing that we desperately need to see in the first half, really, which is what we, you know, what we see in the Champions League games. You know, we get the ball and we go bang, 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 and it's forward up to up to Harry Kane and he can do his stuff. So, um, yeah, that's that, that basically uh, you know my review of the game. And uh, it was thoroughly enjoyable to be there.
1: It was indeed. Steve, can I ask you for a second? Matthew at Matthew Komito asks, how important is scoring early at Wembley? That's his first question because you mentioned a, point, a goal on Saturday in that first twenty minutes. It really seemed to kind of lift the atmosphere and broke Stoke out of their shell. Do you think we'll see more devastating scorelines if we force weaker teams to come and chase the game at us, Matthew? Matthew? Yeah. Asks,
2: yeah, well, that's what we need to do. We, we need to get that first goal. Um, you know, it, it's the whole Wembley experience. As I said before, you know, you, you get up there and, it's, and it, it's a vast stadium. You've got the restaurants and the bars and everything. And it's terrific. I absolutely love it. You know, have a bit of food and a few beers and it's terrific. You get in the stadium and then you sit there and it's freezing cold, and, um, you know, you don't see any action for, for 25 minutes, and then they go and score or something, and you're thinking, oh, my goodness. Then you've got half time, and you have to go and pay five quid for a Diet Coke. And, uh, you know, and I don't mind the popcorn stuff. I quite like popcorn and sweets, so I don't mind all that. However, it's well expensive, and it just gives you the hump, especially drinking awful beer. Um, so if you're one nil up, it just makes that uh, – Carlsberg is so much more delicious when you're one nil up.
1: I feel like you're trying to chat with this. I feel like, Steve, everything's fine apart from the refreshments. If we can just approve <laughs> that, you'll be a happy man. But I tell you what, let's bring it round next to you, George. So, you know, feel good factor back at Wembley. Ericsson, Kane, particularly Son, all influential in that game on Saturday. What did you make of it from your perspective, George?
0: I think the um, I think the win on the Wednesday, actually, against Appel was, was really important because it did just, you know, Wembley after that West Brom game, everyone was yeah. thinking, oh, yeah. the kind of curse is back in a sense and, you know, we can't break down, you know, sort of so-called weaker teams. But obviously we won three 0 on Wednesday, and I think that kind of brought that feel-good factor back. And then, you know, went into um into Saturday's game, made a great start, getting the early goal. And you know, I think I was quite worried that we didn't kick on after that because I did think we, you know, we definitely get the second in the first half. But you know, I think those two goals after halftime were crucial, and then I think it seems like you know getting the first goal is key, and then getting the second goal is key because you know the confidence just filled into the players after that second goal, and it was. It was just easy, wasn't it? And, you know, I think Jack Butler really kept it down to five, to be fair. But, you know, you, you mentioned, you, you know, the likes of Ericsson and, and Kane kind of, you know, Kane has been scoring, hasn't he? But he's not really been been at his best. So it's pleasing that he, um, he looked a lot better on Saturday and, and Ericsson was good as well.
1: Yeah, he was. And Son, we're going to come on to Son in a bit. I think he deserves a section for himself this show. Definitely, I mean, he's just been yeah. Brilliant at the moment. I mean, George, question here. This is from Jordan Hussein who says, Do you think the change to four two three one makes a difference to the team? A second half of these Leicester and Stoke games, we looked more assured and everyone knew their role. What What are you making of the formation at the moment, from
0: your perspective, George? Yeah, yeah I prefer the um the four two three one. You know, in these type of games, when you play the the bigger clubs, you know, your, your Liverpool's and your Chelsea's, etc., you know, I don't mind the uh, the five with the wing backs, but I don't see the need to have you know five defenders essentially, isn't it, against you know teams like Stoke or, or West Brom, and and you know, as you mentioned, the change against Leicester helped turn the game in our favour and didn't get the point we deserved at the end, but you know, second half was a lot better, so yeah i' I'm, I'm much happier with with the four at the back I think for that, and you generally you know last season we was breaking teams down with with that formation in the first half of the season as well, so i don't don't really I'm not a big fan of the five against tubs these, these type of clubs
1: yeah i mean what the great thing about Spurs is in terms of the formation we do seem very adaptable and I agree I think on Saturday we did look very very comfortable in that formation we was playing, bringing you in jack I mean a very decent result if you got look at the weekend games, you know, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, all dropping points. As painful it is to admit, the title might already be gone, Jack, but a, a big, big result this weekend in comparison to the other teams, isn't it really?
3: Yeah, it definitely needed, wasn't it? it yeah. It, it was, were, it, were it were a strange game up until the first goal as well. It just seemed <laughs> like deja vu up until, you know, like West Brom at home. It just yeah. seemed like one of those games and Swansea, there was just nothing happening, just no nothing. And, then that first goal is the key, I think. The first when you get that no matter how it comes, if it comes off a shore cross it's alright. It just needs to go in and we need from there it's just so much harder because the atmosphere is, is dead in the first twenty minutes. If we don't do anything it is it's ridiculous and I just think we need that first goal and we need we need to play for it back. Like George just said, I think against teams like I it's just the game seems so much more open when we are four rather than five, and I just want four it back from now on against those teams. Five at back against Liverpool worked well, and it does work quite well. But Watford as well. Watford were another game where we didn't really create much, and we played five then, I believe. And it, uh, I don't really like five at back, but no. I think. I don't know.
1: What about Sonny Jack at the moment? I mean, this guy—it's unthinkable, isn't it? At the moment, he's not even in the team. He's kind of, kind of made himself one of the very first names on the team sheet. I mean, can you believe the form he's in at the moment, Jack?
3: No, I, I am a massive Son fan. I remember <laughs> on way down to on way down to Liverpool, seeing team come out and being so happy that Son were in the side, and he he had a he had an awesome game against Liverpool, it just caused caused absolute terror for. Lovren and Matip all the way through just running in behind and running with ball and I just think he just gives hundred and ten percent as well every game and that that that's a very underrated aspect to having a player just someone that just gives everything like Eric Lamella without him working hard he he's not yeah. the player he is. Very it's true. just yeah. I just really Sonny there needs to be we need to find a way to get him in the team every game and that's not putting him at left wing back in a <laughs> cup semi final. It, I agree. He needs to. He needs a place, and if it's dropping one underperformers like Ericsson or Allen, then it, it's got to be done. He needs to be in the team.
1: Yeah, I agree. I really do. I mean, Steve, for you at the moment, Sonny, this kind of form he's in, like we've said, it's impossible to leave him out. And I mean, Steve, from your perspective, how good has he been recently?
2: Well, he's been brilliant. I mean, without Jason here, I wanted to have a little chat with him about this because the last few shows, he seems to think that he's the only one saying it. You know, <laughs> Jason's like, oh, I, I keep telling you every week that Sun needs to be in the side. And I'm like, Jace, we're all saying it, mate. It's not just you. So anyway, look, you know, he's been brilliant. I've always, I've said it from day one. I like the, I like the cut of his jib the first time I saw him. Mm. Great little player, tricky, tricky fella. He's got a smile on his face, which is great. <laughs> Although two weeks ago, I said he needs to toughen up a little bit. And not be so happy. Um, maybe that's what he's done. He's taken things a little bit more seriously, and he's really been really been terrific. You know, he's, he's the type of player that you pay your money to go and see don't you so mm-hmm. he, he's, he's really good um and, and yeah you've, he's got to be in the side each week i um, mean th- i think last year he was keeping dembele out wasn't he with all sort of the players that you wanted to fit in and i was just going to say actually on that uh, on, the, on the, talking about the defense i think dyer likes playing with the fatongan um you know i think they like being the two because they i think they're best mates aren't they from from looking at uh um, the recent uh, the Instagram post, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> so I think I think they play well together, and I, and I think that seems. Years ago, they were they were sort of out before we bought Toby Alderweireld and um, they were like the two centre-backs so that's good but yeah Son it, it, again he's the sort of, he's a Spurs player isn't he Very he's a right. classic Spurs player who's exciting to watch and um, he's got to play in the team and, and, and like you say if, if you're going to pull anyone out at the moment it's Sally it's, um, or Ericsson but Son of the three is first name Yeah. definitely
1: Steve can I ask you you just kind of mentioned about Eric Dyer there Chris Lawton throws us in the question and says where do you see the versatile Dyer's best position I don't want to kind of spark off another debate here very quickly, what would you say on that point?
2: Question. Well, Eric Dyer plays every game, doesn't he? I mean, he basically has for the last, what, four years he's been with us? Mm-hmm. And he just plays every single game because as soon as there was an injury, he plays right back, he plays centre back, he plays centre mid. And I actually like him when he's pushed further up. You know, we've seen a couple of goals of his over the over the years against Man City a couple of years ago. And, and uh, he, he can strike a ball brilliantly. So um, I, I think he's terrific wherever he plays. Um, but, but one thing I always used to say about Teddy Sheringham was that people used to moan about Teddy Sheringham because he gave the ball away so much. But the thing about Teddy Sheringham, he was always in the game and he played every single game. And so when you play every single game, you're gonna and you're in the center of it all, you're gonna make mistakes as well as doing all the all, all the right things as well. So I think that because we're you know we're we're where we are now with not many people making mistakes, when Eric Dyer does make a mistake, it's a it's a massive thing. You know, look, Dyer's made another mistake. Well, I think personally, it's because he plays so much and he's involved in the game so much. I think he's I think he's a great player to have in your team. You know what I mean? You can you imagine him play, playing against us if we oh, if we go yeah, somewhere yeah, yeah. else? Definitely. You know, you you don't want to play against him. So terrific. However, Wanyama's coming back, and I think <laughs> if you're going to go go uh, that's, uh, that that um, uh, central defensive midfielder, Wanyama shades it. Um, yeah, yeah, just so you yep. know, so we're gonna to have to fit in Dyer somewhere else. Um, but terrific, love him.
1: Yep, that is the beauty of squad depth. George, coming over to you then. So Sonny's goal giving us a 2 0 lead. Deli Ali, a lot has been made about him recently, George. You know, there's been speculation that he's finally got the agent thing sorted out. Sorted out now, and it's all completely out the way. How much credit do you give him for that assist on Saturday, George, for the second goal? Is that the Deli we want to see more?
0: Yeah, definitely. I see a few people criticizing him on um, yeah, for Saturday's Saturday performance. I was quite surprised, really, because I think we've got to remember, and you know, I'm sure many other people have made this point as well. But the kid is only 21, and you know Harry Winks is actually older than him, which a lot of people seem to forget. We seem to, you know, look at Ali as the as the more senior one just because he's been the starting team for two years. But you know, I think for the fact you know his stats say it all over the last two years. And even though you know I completely agree, he's not been his best this season um and he's not been as good as he was last year but you know you still look at his record and it's very impressive you know he's got a number of goals and you know, loads of assists and, and that assist on on Saturday for some was the was arguably the, the key moment in the game because two nil up as I said before it gave the whole team you know that little bit of breathing space and and you know there was there was a little bit more confidence to try things that maybe at one nil up they wouldn't do because it's a little bit risky so you know I was I was really pleased for him and I do just think it's a matter of time as well because, you know, you look at last December and he, he went crazy, didn't he? I think he scored against Burnley um, around, this, around this sort yeah. of time. And then I think it was like seven goals in four games. Um, so he, I, I really do expect, you know, I feel like that that big goal he needs just to take a little bit of weight <laughs> off the shoulders is, is around the corner. And then, you know, once he's got that, I feel like he's going to be flying again. And for me, you know, I know he's a slightly different player, but he just really reminds me of Van de Vaart in a way because he's someone that, produces big moments rather than big performances you know, you don't really think of him so true. he was excellent he was excellent against Liverpool but other than that game you don't really think of many games and think oh Ali really stamped his mark on that game from the first minute to night if he was unbelievable you know for me he's why he's, he's the type of player that will have you know a 10 minute 15 minute spell in a game where he'll just be ridiculous and it'll be enough to win the game in that moment and, that, and that's it and You know, I do think, you know, I think Jason was saying on the last podcast, we've really got to cherish Deli Alley because he's not going to, you know, unlike Kane, he's probably not going to be at Spurs for the majority of his career. So while we have got him, I think, you know, just cherish every moment he brings.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And, I mean, fingers crossed he is here for such a long time. But, again, he's a player that I think anyone can see the, the talent of this boy. And I think some have to be patient with him. I think he's set the level of expectations so high because of the rise he had at the very start of his Spurs career that, I said on the last show, there is going to be a dip. Hopefully now he's now over that dip and he can carry on from where he's left off. Can I ask you, George, before we go over to Jack, Mohamed Surti asks, is there any formation in which we can accommodate Kane, Sonny, Dele Ali, Eric Lamella winks is that possible it's a lot of players he's asking they're put into a formation does he want
0: does he want ericsson as well in that or is he no he's not
1: ericsson so he's put kane sonny delhi lamella ericsson and winks oh yes sorry he has put ericsson i don't apologize oh, yes, yeah, no, he has put ericsson yeah so sonny yes yeah, sonny Deli, lamella ericsson and winks
0: well yeah i think and you kane. can um if you play a four two three one and you you put Ali back a little further back a little bit, and you play him alongside Winks, then then you can get away with it, and then you can play Lamella, Eriksson, and, and Son as as the three behind Kane. Um, you know, you'd only really want to do that against a side that you're going to really dominate. I'd, I'd say because you know that you may look at the midfield and say it's a little bit lightweight against one of the powerhouses. I know them two played against Liverpool, but Liverpool haven't got the best centre midfields. You know, you wouldn't really want them to be against you know together at someone like City or, or maybe United. But you know, I think in in certain games you can get them together it, you know it's such a the, the list there is just, they're all just brilliant players aren't they and I'm a huge lamella fan so I do hope we can you know see the best of him and, and he can come back fully fit but it's just such a great problem isn't it really for Pochettino to have I was talking about the rotating for that big week of the FA cup minutes and Arsenal you think that you know someone like Wanyama or Day is not going to play in one of those games if if he's playing defensive midfield so to bring whoever that person is for the other game is just such a wonderful moment. It's the same for Lamella, and you know our squad. Uh, I do feel we need to bring someone in as well, but our squad does look good. I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think even look at the bench on Saturday. I'm coming around to you, Jack. You look at that bench, and there's still quite a lot of options on there. You had Danny, you had obviously O'Rear, Lorente, Sissoko. It's still quite a decent bench, and you think we've still got you know, the likes of Wan to return and Toby, obviously. Um, so there's a lot obviously to prosper. But how did you think of Saturday's game in terms of Delhi and Harry Kane's performance, Jack? What did you think of it?
3: Firstly, on on Delhi, I think I really do think what just gotta echo what's just said, we really need to cherish Deli Alley because yeah, he's, he's not gonna be here for a long time. He's he will eventually get a move and I just think what a what a player to have. What in the history of Tottenham just Deli Alley, I think he's gonna go on to be really good for England. I think I don't know, he's just got got something about him and I just think and I do think he play he plays better deep. Just talking then about his performance against Liverpool, he was playing quite deep against Liverpool. I just think I think he even back in his MK Dons days, he used to play he used to play deep. I think he can turn on ball quickly, turn defence into attack. I just think he's better deep playing as a as a second striker when he's just he loses the ball a lot. And I don't know, he's not he needs some time, and I just think. To get put back and then we can put an Illumella into the side and a son and play him in play him higher up the pitch and we can get more of our big names in and then they don't have to sit on the bench.
1: Yeah, I think you made a great point there because Jack he has it because he has been playing slightly deeper, some in the past say he's not affecting games as much. Well that's because like I say playing that withdrawn role he's not going to be maybe as involved as what he might be but you know he's still a very important player to Spurs and like we said hopefully he can come again Jack sticking with you what did you make of the third goal a nice little one-two between Davis and Ericsson to cross for Kane who eventually got his goal after that horrendous miss in the first half uh... more than made up for it Jack
3: Yeah (laughs) Kane can miss a a sitter but he will always get his goal Mm. he just that's what he does he gets chance after chance I think I think he's had the most shots in the Premier League, the most and the worst conversion rate. But he just he just shoots. You think to yourself, what is he's, what is he doing? But then the next time he'll shoot, he'll go in and like Everton at home last year from a ridiculous way out. He just beat keeper Robles, I think it were in goal. Stood a couple of yards off his line. And he just almost chipped him from a ridiculous angle. He just gets his goals and you were getting a lot of stick on social media after he missed, yeah, (laughs) a lot of stick and then he gets his goal and people forget about it, it's just, it's Harry Kane, he's going to score goals.
1: He is going to score goals and Steve bringing you in, I mean now he's a joint top scorer in the Premier League with 12, he's the first Englishman now to score 50 or more in a single calendar year for other country since Dixie Dean in 1927 and that's his 90 Premier League goal in just 131 games only now a couple behind Alan Shearer I mean Steve I mean from our perspective how good is Kane and how good can he be how long can he carry on this goal glut? You can you see him doing it consistently for the next five or ten years in a Spurs shirt if we can keep him safe?
2: yeah we, we read body language and and he's you know facial features of these players that we're so obsessed with at football club <laughs> and you're like, he scores his goals and he, he, he doesn't look as happy as he should and we're like and it's great. He's so hungry, isn't he? He, yeah, he, is. he, sort of said, he sort of said he scored these 50 goals, and, but he's not happy. It's almost as if I think he, he probably went to bed on, on, uh, on Saturday night thinking, I can't believe I missed that chance, mm-hmm. rather, than, rather than scoring those two. And, of course, it was a header and a left foot that he actually scored. And um, it would have been the perfect hat-trick once again if he'd, have got, the, if he'd got the other one. Um, so, but I like, I like how he came right up top. Um, in, in, in the games previously uh, where we weren't doing so great, I thought we were dropping far too deep and trying to sort of be the man, you know, the man to turn it all around because the others weren't doing it. And that's not where you need Kane. You need right up top, scoring the goals. And, um, you know, I don't care if he doesn't if he doesn't touch the ball in, in, in 40 minutes, as long as when he does get it, he does have a shot and, and he's not afraid to. You know, that's what I'm saying about players like Harry Winks. You know, he's got to now look at it and go, wait there, I... Although I'm a central midfielder and, and and playing fairly fairly back, I want to get I've got to get myself forward and I've got to get those shots off. You know how how long do we cry out for De, uh, for Dembele to do that? Because we know he's got a great shot in him. Um, and that's what Harry Kane does. He's a striker and he and he strikes on goal. And that's that's all you want. That's what that's what we need.
1: Yeah, you just reminded me, Steve, about Dembele. I think that was the first, if i wrong, the first ninety minutes I've seen him play in a Spurs shirt. In I don't know since when. Was you surprised that he got ninety, Steve? I'm absolutely stunned.
2: Yeah, well, it's great. It's great. I mean, he's not back to... Back to how he was last year, and again, he's someone that you pay your money to watch. Um, but he's still somebody uh, who who will do something brilliant, even if it's turning someone or getting his body in the front of, in the way of someone. That little body swerve is fantastic. I saw a brilliant picture on um, on uh, Twitter, and it was somebody somebody put it up, uh, some uh, model or whatever, scantily clad. She's lying on a bed, she's chewing her now, and she's staring into the distance. And the caption said, uh, "What are you think?" and someone replied Winks or Dembele? which <laughs> I thought was awesome. absolutely fantastic because yeah, uh, of course that's what we're all thinking at the moment who, who, who should we play um, but you know it, it, it's um, it's lovely to see him and we want to keep him don't we we want to keep him in the side because we know he can do stuff but my goodness I wish that man would shoot more
1: Mm. It's a it's dilemma but he's a fabulous player I mean George I know obviously being a journalist you may sometimes see kind of players go into the mix zone there's always been this kind of thing about Moussa Dembele when he comes off he's hobbling into the mix zone and down the tunnel I mean do you think long term can we kind of keep him fit George or is it one of those that we just kind of have to manage very carefully because he's on his day he can be a Rolls Royce of a footballer admittedly we haven't seen it much this season George
0: yeah, I think you've got to manage him, I'm pretty certain he said during the summer that the best he'll be is 70% or he said something along those lines that he'll never be 100% again. And you know, I think we've seen that to an extent this year. I, I don't think, I've, you know, what hasn't helped him is the fact that he's not been able to get a run of games and, you know, as you just mentioned, he's not played 90 minutes for God knows how long. But I think yeah, um, you know it is a case of managing him and, and just you know sort of wheeling him out, so to speak, for the, for the games then when we really need him and, you know, I agree completely with what Steve was saying. You know, you just love to see him. You know, just somehow get out of these. He, he seems to get in positions where he's got like three players around him, and you think, oh, oh he's going to lose the ball here. And then all of a sudden, he, two seconds later, he's he's left them all for dead. And I've no idea how he ever does it, but he's just, um, you know, he's he's a brilliant footballer. And, you know, even even though he's not playing the amount of games that you know we'd all like, I do think you just need that type of person around because he does seem like a really good character as well. And you know, I think the Winks has spoken in the past about how much he's learnt from him. And you think for all the other youngsters coming up for the, for the academy ranks, you know, for them to be around Dembele and, and just to look at how he manages his body and the different things he does off the pitch, I think he can be a great role model.
1: Yeah, I agree. Can I ask you, as we've got you here um, on this point, George, you know, questions about the full So we've had a question from I Know Alan Gilzean. I Know Alan Gilzean. Thank you, Gilly, for your question. He says, am I the only one who prefers Trippier and Davis to Rose and Aurier as our fullbacks? Even if we play in a back three, they are more secure and offer much more going forward that they often you know, don't get credit for. You know, we saw Davis um, you know, play a massive part in the third goal for Spurs with that cross for Kane, what's your preferred pairing at the moment, George, If you had to kind of if I had to put your neck on the line for this one,
0: yes, it's difficult because um, I think I'm going to upset a few. Here. No, I do personally, it. I prefer Danny Rose and, and Serge Ori. I know we've not seen the best of Ori yet, um, and he's still acclimatizing. But I do think, given a run of game and it run of games and in a bit of time, he's going to be a brilliant footballer. And I do appreciate the argument that Trippier does provide an excellent delivery, and some of his first time volleyed crosses are just. Unbelievable, but I do, I do think Aurier doesn't get the credit he deserves when it comes to out wide because you know he set up Llorente the other day. You know Llorente should have scored from his cross at Leicester, and exactly, you know, yeah. I think against I think against Real really produced a really good cross as well for um, at the bird of bow. So I do think he's he's very good at wide, and the main reason why I prefer Rose and Aurier is because I feel like them two can both beat a beat an opposition winger or an, or an opposition fullback if they need to. And as much as I really do rate Davis and Trippier. I just feel on a one on one, they can't get past that opponent. And I guess at the moment, it's kind of working perfect, isn't it, really, for Positino to rotate the pair sort of game on game. But I do think more recently, he's kind of got it wrong in a sense because the games when he, he's been playing Davison and Trippie, I feel like he would be better, it'd be more beneficial to play Rose and Aurea because they are the games when you've got, you know, 11 men behind the ball and you do need a little bit of trickery and skill out wide. And for me, Rose and, and Aurea are better than that, you know. Rose, I would say, when he's 100%, is better defensively than Davison, probably better going forward. And I'd say that Aurea's pace, you know, when he when when he's showing his best form, and I don't think he's showed it yet, but given a bit of time, I think he will be a better player than Trippier. So for me, I, I've got to agree with the uh, the question coming in and say my best choice when they're both 100% fit and, uh, and bang up to speed is, is Rose and Aurea.
1: OK, fair enough. Jack, let's bring you in about the wing-back debate. Who would you prefer in terms of left-back, right-back for Spurs?
3: It is a difficult one. It's it's why I'm not a manager, it's why <laughs> they get paid the big bucks. But it I remember the West Brom game. Now Trippier and Davis started and Trippier, I, I can't remember how many times I took my head, he was on the edge of the box with an opportunity to cross. And because he's not got the physical capabilities to get past someone like maybe a Danny Rose or a Sergio or a Rad, he just passed it back. And then the cross came in from Ericsson and it's too deep and beyond everyone, or cleared by Johnny Evans, or it, I just think that against those teams that put eleven men behind the ball, surely, surely your better options are Rose and Rose and Aurea. Like I say, I'm not a manager, but that that is just what comes out to me that you, if you can't cross it, which you can't all the time because there's a player in front of you and your players in the box there's no options. I just think. Like Walker, Walker just used to knock it past people on edge of your box, get to the byline, and then there's yeah. another opportunity. It creates more space. Kane pulls off people, Ali pulls off people. I just think you need Rose and Aurier in especially games like that with West Brom's at home and
1: yeah. teams
3: I mean, like that. It's just, mm. I
1: don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, great debate for Potter to have in terms of those wing-backs. He can manage them however he wants. Steve, let's ask you very quickly, what's your preferred pairing as things stand at the moment?
2: Well, i go with Rose and Trippier. Uh, big fan of Trippier. I think he's a, a terrific little player with great attitude. Um, I think Rose is a, a brilliant left back. Although, since he's come back, I haven't seen him do anything really, apart from have massive drops, um, which is, you know, it's like, snap out of it, mate. You know, when it's not all about you and, and you need to do something. Because at the moment, Davis is getting ahead of him. Um, simply because Rose hasn't really done anything. I, last time I was on, I said against Leicester, you know, if we get big performance from him, then uh, he, he's, he'll be back in the side. But we didn't, and we lost the game. Um, so, you know, again, I, I, I think they'll be in against Brighton. He'll rotate them and put them both in. Um, and, and I think you know, if we get a decent result, then fantastic. And uh, Rose needs to start doing something, because he hasn't done anything yet. Um, and, you know, Davis is is a good, solid left-back. Uh, Aurea, he's liability uh, you never know what he's gonna do but as i've said before that's what you pay your money to see you know what the unpredictability of it all you know is he gonna get sent off is he gonna go flying in um you know that soppy beard you know what's all that about but it's all it's all part of it isn't it? it's all part of the entertainment and uh, that's what i love
1: yeah is that what twenty-eight million gets you? Is it or is it less than that? Is it twenty-two? Whatever it was, the price. I'm not too sure. Maybe maybe that's what it is, Steve. I don't know. Tell um tell us, Steve, about Christian Eriksen because again, this guy, along with Delhi, they've had a bit of um a bit of a rocky ride in the last couple of weeks. there has been calling for them both to be dropped. Eriksen got his goal on Saturday. How did you make of his performance overall?
2: It's funny, isn't it? It's like textbook. You know, his side gets into the World Cup finals due, due to him, basically, but playing a blinder. And of course, he's taking the foot off the pedal. I think that's what you saw a couple of years ago with um, you know, Vertonghen and and the Belgian guys, When, it's particularly when we went to Newcastle and lost 5-1. I just think they thought, right, we've got the Euros coming up. Whatever you do, don't get injured. Um, and, and that's what happened you know they sort of just didn't bother um, and just and just tried to stay out of trouble and I think what, that's what Ericsson's He's played brilliant for Denmark. He's got the hat trick. He's got them through, and then you know just didn't do anything for the last few games, sort of as a passenger, really. But again, he sort of snapped out of it and gone right. I think I'll start playing again now, and uh, you know he, he was terrific, particularly in the second half against Stoke. Um, and I hope he pushes on now. You know, you know we have so many games coming up that you just you just want these guys to go right. Okay, um, you know I'm a professional footballer. I know what I can do, and uh, you know uh, let let us let's, let's play to the best of my ability. Um, you know the Denmark thing's long gone. That's back. That's in the summer, and um, you know get back to playing really, really brilliantly. And it's such a shame as it because uh, uh, we we're talking about Ali earlier, and I thought you know what Ali Ali has stood out as someone who's not played well this season, particularly in those that, that little round of games. Um, but then again, no one no one really was, were they? And it's like you almost need people to be playing well so that Ali looks better because because if he does give the ball away, then Dyer's going to come in and win it back for him, give it back to him, and then he can do do his stuff. So, um, you yeah, know, everyone sort of had that little dip, of, dip in form. Um, but hopefully with that 5-1, we know what we can do. We, we, you know, we, we can come back strong. We've got a perfect game in Brighton coming up. You know, Chris Euton, Chris who I think is going to be an adventurous manager. You know, I don't think he's going to say, you know, let's get everybody behind the ball, which, of course, we struggle with. Mm. And I hope they come to, come to Wembley. And I hope they say, right, you know, let's just play, enjoy your game, play, play the game and uh, kind of like no, in, no lose situation for Brighton, if you know what I mean. And we can enjoy the game, get another three points and push on from there.
1: Yeah, we're going to come on to Brighton, I promise you guys, in the next couple of minutes. But I just want to come over to you, George, for a second. You know, we mentioned there with Steve about Ericsson. Can you explain the, the dip, George? Is it? Predominantly down like Steve said there to the fact that, you know, he's got Denmark qualified now from their perspective and maybe he has taken his foot off the pedal. Can can you put your finger as to why there has been a dip, George?
0: I think it was to do with the Denmark, um, you know, those two games. I think he had such a high, didn't he? You know, especially the hat trick in Ireland to so actually properly send them through. Um, and, you know, he's come back and I think you know, Postino said he was mentally tired. You know I'd probably say he was physically tired really rather than mentally because he, he'd gone through so much with those two games and then think it was a North London derby straight away and then it was just such a congested period wasn't it that he was playing you know pretty much every every game I believe and for me I think he probably should have been rested you know maybe the Dortmund game would have been the ideal time to rest him just to just to give him a, you know a little bit of time out you know maybe not have included him in the squad just so he's you know he can really refresh his you know his whole body and mind, and, and then I think he would have come back and and probably been the player we saw on Saturday. And you know I think goals do always help as well, don't they? You know now he's got you know a couple, and he's kind of seems to be back on form. He should um he should kick on again now, hopefully.
1: Yeah, coming over to you, Jack. I've got to ask you because people are going to say you know you've got to make the show balanced because there's been a quite a few saying should we bench Delhi? Should we bench Eriksen in this run? Do you agree with that, or do you have to let these guys maybe Jack at times play themselves back into form? What's your thoughts on that? Um,
3: I do think with Delhi, it's is like we said earlier. He's, he's a match winner. He, he'll have a moment, and you don't know when it's going to come. Maybe he'll be out of the game. He'll give ball away, but then he'll he'll curl into the top corner. I, I don't know. I can't, I wouldn't drop Delhi. Maybe Ericsson Maybe he needs a rest. I do think Ericsson needs a rest. Delhi just come back from injury. He has got to have some charge in his batteries. I don't think Ericsson has it. He, Ericsson's running stats when you look at them they are they are incredible for mm-hmm. a guy and people moan at him so he pulls out of challenges but he doesn't have to give everything every game he does run up and down for a for a small guy that's not going to win many challenges but yeah I think maybe rest Ericsson like, what, what game were he rested he, went in his squad, uh, it, he know, was in the squad I think it was APOL wasn't it APOL yeah that's yeah yeah Maybe, maybe that was sorely needed. Maybe, maybe he was good against Stoke. Maybe that's it now. I think. No, I wouldn't drop any of them right now.
1: Okay, so Felix. Unless it means
3: accommodating Sonny. Yeah, unless Sonny needs a place in the squad.
1: Yeah, and I sort of got Lamella coming back now. I mean, Steve. I know I can't remember if Steve, you wasn't a massive, his biggest advocate. But do you think maybe Lamella's timely return that seems Sonny kind of, you know, really kind of take on form here? Do you think that plays a part in it, or is that just merely coincidence, Steve?
2: That's that's coincidence. Do you reckon? Uh, okay. uh, yeah, because Sunny's Sonny, Sunny's a good player. I don't I don't think he's been poor at any stage. He's been at Tottenham, really. Um, you know, he's he's always looked lively, and he's been very unfairly dropped at times. And and it's almost like we need a boo boy, um, you know, because because everyone's doing so well. And he, and he took a lot of pot shots, you know, what was it, two years ago when he first came? And because Andros Townsend had left, so we needed someone to moan about. And, and now it's Ali, isn't it? Now it's Ali that's that we're all left to have a moan about. But, um, you know, Lamella, you know, he's come back, and I'm sort of saying, you know, I'm not particularly looking forward to him coming back, but he's, been, he's looked good, hasn't he? he? has looked good. I mean, yeah, he's, he has, he's come yeah. back, and he's and he's come on, and, and we wanted to see him against Applewell, but, of course, he, he couldn't play because he wasn't registered. But, you know, he's come on, he's looking strong, and he's looking up, up for it. And, uh, yeah, oh, I'm excited about him in coming back from what I've seen so far. Yeah,
1: I agree. Steve, sticking with you for a second... Bearing in mind the weekend's results now, I mean, it does suggest, you know, title's gone, let's be honest about it. Barring a, a mighty miracle from someone, we City dropping the amount of points they're going to have to drop yeah, no. for anyone to catch them. But oh, we've
2: all bottled it, Ricky. We've you... all bottled
1: it. Well, that's everyone's all bottled it. But how do you see Chelsea's
2: the... bottled it, Man United's <laughs> bottled it. We've all bottled it.
1: But how do you see the race for automatic oh, qualification? Means... Uh, how do you see the automatic qualification for the Champions League going now, Steve? I mean, it's going to be a real battle, isn't it? Because these group of clubs now we're involved, it's all very much congested how do you see that panning out that battle are we right in the mix what do you think
2: we are, um I you know I have this debate with uh, people on Twitter about we want to win the yeah. FA Cup, we want to finish top four, we want a good oh, run in the Champions League. but history shows that we can only really do one thing. I might have said that on the last you do. show. You um, about
1: kind of we we struggle to kind of, and I've, I understood your point when you said that when I came on football yeah. about that you know we do struggle to focus on one competition rather than having to kind of do many of them. So with that being the case, how do you see it panning out across the season for the top four?
2: I, 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 well, I think I think obviously it's it's probably the most important thing that we can actually achieve, and I, I can just you know people take points off each other, um, and you know we're right in the mix. And if we do achieve top four, like I said before the season even started, to be at Wembley, thirty-eight away games practically. Um, it'll be a massive achievement to, to still finish above whoever it would be, whether it's Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, whatever. it would be a fantastic achievement for Tottenham Hotspur to, to finish in the top four again. Um, you know, even if we don't win the FA Cup, because it, you know it's, it's almost better because it is because you're winning more games, you've got more excitement through the season, um, and it will be absolutely wonderful if we get into that top four, and we've got every opportunity. Um, you know a couple of good signings uh, Christmas I know Charlie Austin there he's knocking the goals in for Southampton isn't he yes. and if we want again like we Like I said the other day, if we want someone to come off the bench, because you're not going to take Kane's place, and we're not playing two up top, and if you want to play two up top, well, you you go with Kane and Son, don't you, if you want to play two up top. So we just need someone to come off the bench, and and someone like a Charlie Austin might be looking at it, going, well, you know, I can't fancy a move to Tottenham and and go and sit on the bench for, for 60, 70 minutes and then come on the last 20 minutes. Someone like like that, someone informed, someone who's who's, who's ready to go, um, could be ideal, you know. Okay. Um, and, and and we, but we do need that because I still don't think, even though Lorente got his goal, um, I can't, you know, he, he's not. He's not quite there, and we must be able to get somebody who can come on for Harry Kane with twenty minutes to go in some of these games. There must be somebody, um, and if we can get that, terrific. And we can push on. Um, yeah, but we, we 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 do need to make this league the the priority. Um, and um, th- th- you know, we've got a great chance. Look at look at the def- look at Liverpool's defence and Arsenal's defence. They yeah, were, no, you know, great. it's, it's yeah. terrible. We, we, yeah, we get everybody back fit. And, um, and even if they're not, not everybody's... You know, we play the last game without two, uh, two, two of our best central defenders. You know, and, and, and like the other guys said, probably our two worst full fullback, fullbacks as well. Yeah. So we've got plenty of players um, and we've got every chance.
1: Yeah, great. Just need that little bit more of addition to the squad. That's what we want to see in January. We can add, like we said, that midfielder. Like, dare we say, an attacker. That would be great. But, George, coming round to you, you know, at the moment we're two points off the top four, four points off the top three. How do you see the battle going for the top four place at the moment, George? We're right in the mix. Are we going to be there towards the end of the season, do you think?
0: I'd very much hope so. I do think it will be, um, you know, as Steve just said, I think it will be Liverpool and Arsenal. They're the ones, you know, you've got to hope that you can get get in front of. Um, you know, the trouble with Arsenal is, as much as I hate to say it, they haven't, they're only really concentrating on the Premier League, you know, because they're playing a completely different side in the in the Europa League, so they're not going to have, you know, the you know, the challenge that some of the others might have initially in, in February where they're juggling their squad for Champions League, they'll just be playing a completely different side for the Europa League, so I think that will give them some sort of advantage, but you've you've got hope that Spurs and, you know, can get ahead of them and, and Liverpool, and I think, I do personally think they will, come the end of the season, I think everything will kind of even itself out and And we'll be above them but you know i feel like this little period over december and january is really crucial just to give us you know like we did last year we just got on a run didn't we and it just seemed to take us away from everyone else and i don't don't necessarily think we'll be able to do that again but if we can get a run going it will make it'll put us in such a good position and we could even then get closer to man united and then all of a sudden you know it makes it look so much harder for the likes of liverpool chelsea and arsenal
1: yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, coming around to you, Jack, you know, we're seeing, like Steve said there initially, about the defence of these other teams not looking so great. That's one area that, you know, Pochettino, we have seen a massive improvement in recent years about our defence. Bringing it into the Brighton game on Wednesday night, how do you see us setting up for this one, Jack?
3: I think we'll see the fullbacks rotated again. Which is a completely other debate whether that should be the case. Well, John, but
1: Jack, let's ask you. I know Danny Rose. You've kind of got a, the- you know, you've got your own kind of stance on it. We haven't obviously had you on the show before. Is there anything you want to sound, Danny Rose? Because we know, I think, obviously, you've got some kind of connection there. Maybe not with Danny personally, but through someone. Anything you want to sound, Danny Rose, from your perspective?
3: Well, there is a bit of a, a media witch on, shall we say, on Danny at the minute. The and a. Maybe even within the fans as well, they want someone to blame for whatever he did in the summer, and he shouldn't have done what he did. Obviously, it's a mistake, but there is a lot with Danny that you don't doesn't come out in the media that you don't see. He is he is a very nice guy. He's a very nice. He's bought his mum and dad a house. He's a very he's a very down to earth guy. He's not arrogant like people like to say. There is no disagreement with Maurizio Pochettino. He's very. Very happy, obviously. At the time, they were when he did what he did, and he did that interview. There's going to be some issues now. I know Daniel Levy's not very happy with him, but that's a completely different story. But with Danny himself, I remember a couple of years ago, my dad and his dad are friends. It was it wasn't the start of last season, but the season before.
1: Right.
3: Uh, my dad rang him and he was like, "Can can you get my son a signed shirt?" From Kane, and he were like, "Listen, if you wait a couple of weeks, I can get you an Aguero one." Obviously, I would tell him oh, dad, "No, I don't want no Aguero, but stuff Aguero, no." <laughs> but running the account that I do, and you'll know yourself, Ricky, you see every link that there is.
1: Yeah.
3: And his dad was saying, in a couple of weeks, I could have an Aguero shirt, and I was like, "No, dad, no, that's not the case because we'd know I'd know about it by now that it could be going to City because there was never anything." But Danny believed you were going to City,
0: right?
3: And I don't know where it fell down or where it broke through. Obviously, he didn't. He didn't turn up at City. He's not at City. Maybe there. I'm just guessing now. But maybe there, there was some agreement, and that they came back on it. He signed that new contract. And maybe I'm just guessing again. But maybe they said, "Hey, give us another season, and you can go." Maybe at the end of this season, just came where he said what he said. In to the sun, I think, yeah, through that season, he was thinking he can get his move. He's, he's always said he'll never play at Tottenham all his career, he wants to move back up north. He said that a few times, yeah. I think that after being back to back in PFA team at year that and winning nothing, that was his time to move. And he's he got that injury, didn't he? He must have obviously no one's going to buy him when he's injured. He was badly advised by his agent and stuff to. Come out and do what he did as a last resort. How else are we going to get his move? You know, no one's going to buy him. He needed to tell the world that he was unhappy at Tottenham. Right. Which, which is only fair to the guy because he he can earn he could earn triple his wages and he should be earning triple his wages. He...
1: It's a <clears> thing, though, Jack. It's because of the top the timing of it and what he's done. I mean, the, the problem is now that you feel, in a way, he's kind of using the media to when he when he wants to. That's the only concern. I mean, is it rectifiable to all, you know for the rest of the season? Do you think? Um, Jack, because what we have seen, what what I've got to say is that fans in the stadium, we've not seen anyone turn on him yet. You know, the fans have been in full support, vocal of him. From your perspective, Jack, you know, is it a relationship that we can just kind of get through towards the end of the season and just analyse it then? And what has to be done has to be done.
3: Uh, I really hope so, but he will he will be leaving. It's it's not. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Everyone knows he's not going to be here forever. He is that de- either in, maybe even in January. I, just before the Stoke game, it got round to my dad that something very big, not the Stoke game, but he got left out of a squad completely. What game Arsenal? was that? West Brom? Arsenal Arsenal, it was
1: Arsenal it? as well. We, yeah, Arsenal was left out of.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it might have been Arsenal, but our, our, the game, it must, it wasn't Arsenal. We were at Wembley. It must have been, he was left out of another squad, I think. It was,
0: yeah, I think squad. West Brom as well, I think West West he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: Mm. And a couple of days before that word got round that something big was going to come out, right. and obviously nothing, he got left out of the squad. But then we haven't seen anything in the media. No, nope. was that so not I when thought... he was
0: fuming though? That was that come out, didn't he? That was Arsenal, awesome. I think. That
3: was still, I think that was Arsenal. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Mm. I mean, maybe. was that not the big thing that was going to come out, maybe, or was it something <sighs> more than that?
3: I don't know. I think it's more than I think it wasn't the Arsenal game, I know that for sure. It were a home game, it must have been. He must have been West Brom. Were he in the yeah. squad at West Brom on the bench, were he?
1: Daddy, I, I can't remember now.
0: No, nah, he wasn't in the squad for West Brom, definitely not. But it was, right. he, he wasn't in the squad for Arsenal and then he played at Dortmund and said after that, yeah, that he was yeah. Human, yeah. And yeah. then he, again, wasn't involved for West Brom.
3: But he did say that after he did say he wasn't actually human and that it's just obviously he'd have been angry that he got left yeah. out of our Big East game at Seasons.
1: Which is not a problem, which is fine. You, you want to play yeah. to be upset, yeah course. Cool. So, but I think, I think
3: he's gone. As a, I don't know right. anything other than that, but I think January is gone. You think, I think January? January. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I think he'll go in the summer, but I think yeah. the fact he's played in the Champions League will mean he won't go in January because if if a United yeah. are going to sign him or if a City mm. can't play him in the Champions League, but but, but if he's not going to play I'm regular just, football
3: just, at Tottenham for the season. He's at, definitely not going to lock down on that first team place. I so don't no. because we nev- we always rotate fullbacks anyway.
1: This is it. I mean, how do you see it, George from a journalist perspective on Daddy? Very quickly, I know we kind of take up a segment on this every week. I do feel bad, but it, it's it does seem to change week to week. You know, we probably expect him bringing it back to Brighton. We expect him to play on Wednesday night, don't we? Yeah.
0: yeah. And what he did in August, and you know, you, you can't do that, and then get frustrated when people are, you know, then in the media sort of making a big thing out of you. I, I do feel like it's, it has gone a bit too far now. You know, it was quite frustrating sitting in the press conference after West Brom and to get more questions about it because it does mm-hmm. feel like every single press conference is is Danny Rose. You know, there's, there's always a question about it, but you know, I, I think it's it's a case. Of Tottenham need to scratch his back and he needs to scratch Tottenham's back for the rest of the season because yeah, like, yep. if he doesn't play well between now and, and the summer, you know, he will have options, of course, but there will be less options. If he plays brilliantly between now and the end of the season, then it won't just be a City and, and, and a United that are, in, are looking at him. It might also be around Madrid or a Bayern Munich or you know, one of them clubs. And I know he does want to move to either eventually, but, you know, knowing a little bit about him, he does seem like the type of character that would love you know, that's not gonna turn down a chance to go abroad. And I do wonder if if he would maybe, you know, really take the opportunity if, if one of the foreign you know big foreign clubs come in for him at the end of the season. So I think he needs to play well between now and the end of the season to you know give himself more options personally.
1: OK, interesting. Let's bring it back around to you, Steve. So going into this game against Brighton, you, you mentioned that Chris Houston, you think he maybe will go for the game. They're 13th at the moment, 1-4, drawn 5, lost 7, One only one of their last six. How do you see it then going, Steve? Are you confident Spurs can get over the line in this one?
2: Yeah, 5-1 uh, against uh, Stoke, I think, has sort of shown how we can play. And we just need to carry that on. Really, uh, I'd like to, to see us play the same way as we did in the second half, and really push on. Um, just on Danny Rose, I'd sell him 50 million to Man United, spend 25 million on Sesay at Fulham, and 25 million on Bertrand. Problem solved.
1: It's mm. nice, isn't it? You make decisions like that so quickly, Steve. <laughs> I wish it would come off as nice <laughs> as that. Coming round to you, back round to you, George. What are you making at the end of this game on Wednesday night? Do you envisage there are going to be many changes? Because you'd argue at the moment. Let's kind of keep the momentum and keep this side that beat Stoke five-one the weekend. What do you think?
0: I think there will be some changes. I I wonder actually if um correct me if I'm wrong. I think the Tongans on four yellow cards isn't he he in the Premier League, yeah, that's and true. if he gets he one more, be four, then he'll miss city. city.
1: Yeah,
0: it wouldn't surprise me if he wasn't if he was on the bench and um and they go with you know Dyer and Fulph, and it's slightly a gamble. But you would think that you know Glen Murray isn't he isn't the Premier League powerhouse that you know is going to make you sort of. You know, scared and fearful of playing one-fourth in the Premier League. So, <laughs> I, I can see Pochettino maybe doing that, but I think it will be similar to the Stoke game. It, it's all about Spurs getting that first goal, really. If Brighton do go ahead, then I think we could see a, another West Brom, really, unless Spurs can really kick it up. But you'd hope with the confidence they've got, and you know, I, f- I do think Lamella might even start tomorrow, because be no, well, I, be yeah. I had a feeling he was going to start... Well, if he was in the, the squad, I think he would have started against Apael, so... Obviously, he couldn't because he wasn't selected, but I think he'll start tomorrow, and I think that would give everyone a massive lift and, you know, fingers crossed, it can be another home win and, and then it takes us into that City game with, you know, a bit of momentum.
1: Yeah, two on the bounce would be quite nice going Or There'd be three on the bounce going into that. And yeah. from your perspective, Jack, bringing you in, would you like to see Lamela start this one on Wednesday night? um
3: i don't know about starting i am a big fan of keeping your best team on the pitch all right. times i don't think he is in our best team i don't really
1: think... okay you don't think since he's come back though jack you don't think he's warranted a place from what you've seen do you think there's still a long way to go for him
3: not in the starting 11 i know right, he okay. you got that assist i don't think so not i don't i think we've seen the best of Lamela already and i don't think wow, okay. he's got much more extra to give now that he's come back i think what well, he says he's still the same player i don't think <laughs> He gets into our best squad now. No, I don't. Off the bench, he's a great player to have, but I don't think he gets into the starting all
1: Fair enough. So then, Jack. In terms of the team, what would you do? Then you keep it pretty much the same. I'm guessing like you said that about the rotation of the fullbacks. Would that be all for you? Anything else in terms of midfield changes?
3: I hope Winks plays again and not Dembele. I, I do Winks Dembele debate. I'm edging towards Harry Winks. I think Winks needs to play with Dyer. Oh, no. He's got to play at the back, hasn't he? Oh, we're in trouble.
2: <laughs> God, don't say that uh, now. <laughs> um. Yeah,
3: no,
1: it
2: was, more it was or Wings and Dembele sandwiches. on Saturday, and they they were good. Yeah, Second the, half. Mm-hmm. the
1: only thing though on that point, I'll bring that Dembele won't play back yeah, to back. Really. I can't imagine Dembele going to play a full ninety again two games in a row. That's the only thing. Does Sissoko then get a get a recall? Do you think maybe? That's the only no. other argument. Okay. No. <laughs> <Not>. <laughs> well, let's I think it's... that will be the case though. I think yeah, Sissoko I think...
0: will probably play. Mm. Um Does if La... not, it could, it could bring maybe that yeah. De- back in with winks and then that gives Le- um Lamella the chance maybe.
1: What about Lorente, George? Because the problem you've got is that the guy scores the week before he then, I mean, naturally you have to, I understand why, I wouldn't say the word drop, but he's obviously used the squad available to him at the weekend against Stoke and he's played Kane, which is understandable. But how does Lorente, George, get any kind of form together if he's not playing a consistent run of games? Because, you know, the argument is now Son, you look at Sonny, he's had a consistent run of games and you've seen the goals. How do we get the best out Lorente if he's kind of filtered in and out all the time, George?
0: Yeah, I think Pochettino missed a bit of a trick, actually, on, on Saturday because, I think he bring Lorentz on right at the end, didn't he? But for mm. me, you know, it was 3 0 what, fifty third minute? I would have brought Lorentz on then. Right. Yeah, you know, just another um, half an hour, yeah. You know, get him a bit more up to speed. You know, maybe after his goal on Wednesday he could have got another against um against Stoke. So I think you just need to keep giving him more than just 5-10 minutes. You know, he needs to put at least twenty minutes. You know, obviously you can't always do that if it's you know if, if it's a, a tight game and, and he's not you don't want to bring him on then then don't do it. But for me, the the game on Saturday was perfect to bring him on. You know, I, want, I don't know if I'd be against starting him tomorrow, maybe or on um, on Wednesday. Sorry, you know, mm. not necessarily to drop Kane, but you know maybe to start both of them and, and see how that goes. Because I do think, you know, I know Steve doesn't you know doesn't think Brighton will be that defensive, but I, I personally think they will be because at the wow. start of the season that was kind of what they built their um, their early success on, and recently they've really struggled, especially defensively. They got you know smashed by Liverpool, didn't they? So. I'd imagine they'll do everything they can to keep it tight tomorrow. And, and Dunk and Duffy were getting quite a lot of plaudits at the start of the season. So, I don't think Kane will have it too easy against them. So, you know, maybe playing two up front, I wouldn't be so against that tomorrow and try and start a little bit different.
1: OK. George, can we get a prediction from you ahead of Wednesday night? What would you go for?
0: Um, I'll go for... After all that, I'll go for a 3-0 Spurs.
1: 3-0 Spurs. <laughs> OK. After all that defensive, we'll go with 3-0 Spurs. We'll take it. We'll take it. Steve, let's get your prediction then ahead of Wednesday
2: Yeah, I I, I would have gone with that. Um, I'll go with a three nil as well. Um, And um, but but I think we got got, you got to play for Tonga, and you can't you can't think to yourself right. Well, he might get a book in, so you know he can't play against Man City. You you can't think like that um, because you know anything can happen anyone could get injured at some point or, or uh, so now you you got to play for tongan um with the others injured you know if they weren't injured then maybe maybe leave him out but no you ha- you have to play him i mean if he played fourth and dire at center back and we we don't get a result then oh, we got God, to- you know he'll be on the line so he's got to play um and i would i would i think 3-0 is is about right um but, um, you know, looking forward to it. And then um, Man City uh, at the weekend, where um, we're going to get at least the draw.
1: Oh, God. Steve, you put your neck on the line for that one. Uh-huh. You, you genuinely believe it then, yeah? You think we can do it?
2: It's I, I believe in um, sort of not fate or anything like that. I'm totally not superstitious, but I just law of averages. Mm. Man City can't win again. Can they? Well, I'm, with, I'm with you, Steve.
0: Maybe. Maybe. I think it'll be a draw as well. I'm yeah,
2: if, they, if, if they win again, it's like the, the, the best team in the world ever, won't
1: they? If they do, like, they, if, they, if they beat us, you're right. They will be. That's the only reason they, they'll get it. If they beat us, that'll confirm it. But if they don't, I agree with
2: you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, have Steve, you, I have to say, Steve, you've got a 100% record at the moment of predictions, haven't you, so far, after your horrendous result you went for about Leicester? And you've got that one spot on. Not that I want you right.
2: to. God Because uh, yeah, well, the, the, you know, the, the the trouble is when when Spurs fans were singing about uh, Vardy's misses in the jungle, mm. it spurred him on.
1: I oh, no. uh, know. We never you can't learned. do that. you we can't spur learned. on
2: these players.
1: No, we never learn either. We never learn. Jack, let's come round to you. Then let's get a prediction from you ahead of Wednesday night. What are you going to go for?
3: I think it's going to have to be a full house, three nil. Three nil. Think. I, I hope so. Oh, I'm here. touching on City at the weekend as well. I do. Th- I'm not confident, but. We are in with a chance. Poch and Guardiola, I don't think Guardiola likes playing against Pochettino teams. If you look at the past, I think even away at Etihad Eti last year, we um, we caused them some problems after playing so poorly, so poorly in that game. And Son came out of nowhere and scored. I don't think they deal with the press very well, but they'll probably beat us. Say it. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think we'll call... I think we'll cause some some problems. That would not be. It would not surprise me if we came away with a positive result. Mm.
1: It's funny you say as that, that. As long as
3: Vertonghen doesn't get a yellow card against Brighton.
1: Agree. It's funny you say that, Jack, about um, Guardiola about weary of Pochettino's sides because he made a point after the United result of the weekend in his press conference to say, "Hold on a second, we've still got to play Spurs." So listen, it's nice for him to actually recognise us in that. You know, in
2: Ricky. That, Ricky in did that he? Way. Ricky did he say we're got to play Spurs or the Harry Kane team?
1: <laughs> he did actually say our name this time, Steve. Believe it or not, he did actually say we got a first. Ricky.
2: Yeah, Ricky. Can you? Uh, someone tweeted out. It was a journalist actually. Uh, oh. Just after Harry Kane said uh, he said that the Harry Kane. And see if you can pick this tweet apart. It was sure. something like, um, "Well, Pochettino hits back at Pep for calling calling in the Harry Kane team. Mm. Um, While well, they played each other on December the sixteenth, let's find out who was who's right." What? Whoa. How? I don't How know. What yeah. does that mean?
1: <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. But Steve, do you know what? If if Spurs went up there with a hat trick by Harry Kane, I couldn't care less yeah. what they're going to call us the next down the papers. But, to be honest with you. I, I...
0: Just a final point though. Do you not think it is all built up for Harry Kane to score the winner there? Oh, just it's thinking so bad, about it now. It, and, then, and then it is. is completely... Mardiola loses to the Harry Kane team. The headlines yeah. are written for that. Oh, it I is
2: absolutely. Look,
0: oh. That is a little bit of fate just waiting to happen. Surely. a last minute there.
3: debatable penalty. That's, <laughs>
0: that's what it needs to be. <laughs> Harry yeah, Kane down, straight
3: down the middle. <laughs>
1: we'll take that's
3: anyway. We'll take anyone wrong.
1: up there. Well, i tell you what, what a great way, I think, to end the pod. Listen, let's leave it on that ahead of a massive, massive week for Spurs. George, thank you so much for coming on tonight and making your debut. It's been such a pleasure having you.
0: Oh, thanks a lot. I um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. Thanks.
1: Lovely. And hope we'll get you back on at some point, George, in the future. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Great. And Jack, thank you for coming on again to you. hope we'll get you back on in the future.
3: Thanks for having me, Ricky. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, it's been a pleasure having you. And Steve, thanks for coming back again. And I'm sure Steve won't be too long before we have you back on as well.
2: Yeah, no problem at all, yeah, absolutely love it um, ah, Fantastic Great time
1: Brilliant, brilliant Well guys, we are going to be back after the Brighton game Hopefully talking about yet another three points for Spurs And come on, let's have it Come on you Spurs
2: Come on you Spurs Lamella once more, it's a book goal Turned in by Eric Lamella Soldado This time it's in